Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Rising Onyuku and Beza Bisra. Rising and Beza are two leaders of the Black Business Student Association, or BBSA, as it is known here at Darden. And I recently connected with them to talk more about their background, how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to Darden, as well as their plans for BBSA in the year ahead. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Rising Onyuku and Beza Bisrat. Beza, Rising, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. Beza, how's everything going? How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's uh, pretty hot down here in, in Charlottesville, so it feels a little bit like walking through a swamp land, but after this week, things will get better. That's right. We've had this like late surge of summer weather, um, and the fall will be here. I think it's maybe even starting this weekend. It's supposed to cool off a bit. Uh, Rosin, how are you doing? Likewise, um, it's uh, Thursday afternoon, which is the start of the weekend over here at Darden. So it's a good time. Yeah, Thursday is Darden Friday, as it's now. Yes. So. Uh, um, I imagine that's always something to look forward to. You have uh, exciting plans for the weekend? Anything you're doing? Um, the weekend gets busy with uh, a whole bunch of events. We have like an event tomorrow, but my my Thursday excitement comes from afternoon soccer, which I'll be headed to right after this. So that is my Thursday highlight. How about you, Beza? Anything you're looking forward to this weekend? I'm definitely looking forward to later tonight. A bunch of people are going up to Carter Mountain during their August sunset series um, throughout August and the rest of the fall. Um, and so that's going to be a really great time. Get to try some of those uh, special donuts that they have I hear so much about. And I think it's just a beautiful uh, place. There's so, so many different things you can do. You can go apple picking, spend time with friends. They have musical performances up there too so i'm just i'm ready to wind into the weekend i appreciate that and that's a beautiful view from up there um, highly recommended for those of you listening to this podcast you haven't been to charlottesville wondering some things worth checking out i think most people would tell you a trip to carter mountain sunset series uh even just a walk around it's a it's a beautiful view so um thank you both for coming on the show and excited to learn more about you and and in your MBA journeys, but also to talk about BBSA uh, a little bit more. So, um, Rising, can I start with you? Uh, tell us a little bit more about you and, and your background. Uh, thank you. Um, I was born in Nigeria, and I came to the U.S. when I was, I want to say, six or seven. Um, I lived in New York for the majority of my life. I attended Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, where I did my bachelor's in electrical engineering, um, went on to work for Dell Technologies down in Austin. Um, and now I found my way up to Virginia. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far, taking it day by day. All right, Beza, how about, how about you? What's your background? Yeah, I was born and raised in Silver Spring, Maryland. It's a suburb just outside of Washington, D.C. My family is from Ethiopia, and there's a lot of Ethiopians in that area, so very much felt like home. 
Um, I then, and I pursued my undergraduate degree at Northwestern, uh, and I got a chemical engineering degree. And from there, I started my career in factories in tiny little towns all over America, um, very briefly at General Mills, and then went on to Dannon Yogurt, uh, one of their facilities, um, and then moved back home. And that's where I've been for the last few years before Darden, working in a technical consulting startup called Nexite Group, um, working with primarily public uh, sector clients as well as the energy sector. So I'm going to stay, stay with you, Beza, for this next question. Um, how did you get interested in pursuing an MBA? Yeah, I think for me, the seed that was planted that would later become me applying to an MBA program was when I was working at Denone North America in one of their uh, factories, and they were uh, in the business of plant-based yogurt, which was really coming up at the time I worked there. So we, the plant was expanding and we were installing new equipment lines and new facilities and it was just growing so quickly. And so um, being an engineer there, I had a lot of visibility to the corporate offices as we were implementing these new initiatives. And it was finding out that these programs had been in, in the works for years ahead of actually building them at the manufacturing level. So for me, I just, I wanted to understand more about who gets to make those big decisions of launching a new product, launching, you know, millions of dollars worth of investments. Um, and I wanted to be in the rooms where they happened. And I think that was really what started me down the train of an MBA. I didn't know what degree that looked like quite yet, but I knew I wanted to have a little bit more visibility to all the decisions that a business makes. Rising, same question for you. How did you decide to pursue an MBA? Yeah, um, I'm... One of those people that likes to do too much or know, I like to know a little bit about everything. Um, so that was, I was very, I don't want to say pigeonhole, but in my last, in my last role, it felt like the next career path was um, headed towards being an inventor or a technologist. And I didn't, I don't think, I still don't think I have the aptitude for that. I've met some brilliant engineers who I think will be inventors. Uh, but I was working on a patent with my boss and the actual design was good. Uh, however, it was recognized, but not approved, which means, hey, this looks good, but we can't grant it. Um, and uh, I think the biggest reason was just like it wouldn't sell and I wanted to understand why it wouldn't sell and just like the actual business behind it, because my boss at the time would always say that everybody looks at Dell as a technology company, whereas it's a people company because you can make all the tech you want. And if people don't buy it, you're just sitting there with machines. Um, so I wanted to understand more about that business side. And I also but that moment also like sparked the realization in me that there's just a whole other world that I know nothing about. Um, and the best way to get some of that knowledge was moving to um, the business world. So I pursued an MBA. But building on that, what led you uh, to Darden, Ryzen? Uh So when I was looking at, business school, I started looking at 
things to do after business school. And um, the only thing that seemed like the place where you go to learn a lot of things pretty quickly, or at least that's how they pitched it, was consulting. Um, so I was like, hey, these guys get to look at something for a couple of months and then go learn something new later. And that sounds like the kind of thing I'd be interested in doing. We'll see how much that really flushes out. Um, but I started looking at programs that were recruiting very well at in consulting and that had um, a good method of training people that had no background in business to reach in, to become a consultant. Um, and Darden was the top of the list. I was also very intrigued by the case method because I'm sure Basic can testify in engineering school. Um, there are no discussions. You answer questions to the very, to whatever significant digit they ask you for. Um, and decimals make a very big difference here. It's a lot more hand wavy and it's more about the intuition rather than the exact numbers in most classes. Um, so I wasn't interested to figuring out how that would work as opposed to a very, a much more concrete learning style. And that brought me here. Uh, Beza, uh, what led what led you to Darn? Yeah, I think Rising kind of gave me a good good serve to jump in because, at least in, in definitely in my engineering program, and from what I've seen in a lot of others, there's just not quite as much of an emphasis of leadership development and true team building. Some of these leadership skills you expected to sort of do on the job. So I definitely wanted something that would offer me just a well-rounded education where I could build skills in a lot of different areas and feel comfortable with ambiguity, especially in these sort of soft skill areas that, again, you may not see until 10, 15, 20 years down the line in your career, but if you can implement them earlier on is really effective. So the case method definitely pulled me in, was a little nervous coming in, but I knew I wanted to push myself and stretch myself a bit more. And I wanted a program similar to Darden that really trained people to be general managers. So again, they could handle different uh, projects and different skill sets in different areas. They could jump from marketing to sales to product development seamlessly. So that was one. Another is I... I'm from the D.C. area, and so I wanted to be closer to home this time around going to school. So I wanted to pick a program that was just a little bit closer and felt a little bit more like home. I think Darden's definitely delivered on that. And then for me, the level of academics was really important to me. I wanted to learn and learn well. I wanted to learn from professors who were incredibly passionate about their topic areas and were good at what they did. And I think Darden is ranked if not number one, then in the top three for academics every year for quite a few years. So definitely stuck out to me for that. All right. So as we transition the conversation, I want to talk a little bit more about your first year experience. Um, many of our listeners you know about Darden, they know the case method, core curriculum, sections, these kinds of things. Uh, but Beza, what was the biggest adjustment for you as you got started uh, as a first year student? Say having every single minute planned, um, there is no end to the number of events that can fill up your calendar at Darden. And 
between your core classes and learning team meetings where you're working with you know, small groups of students to complete all of your assignments and prepare your cases for the next day. There's also Darden Cup, which will come through throughout the year. It's different sections will compete in different sporting events and other sorts of events throughout the year. So preparing for that. There's social events. There's networking events. Your calendar can fill up quite quickly. So being honest with yourself about what you actually need to get done and then being intentional about what you choose to do with your time. It took a while to get used to, but I think that lesson is one I'll take with me way after I finish starting. That's a pretty common refrain for people who come on the podcast is I've never had this many things competing for my time and having, and I've never had to be so intentional uh, about how I use my time. Uh, Rising, how about for you? What was the biggest adjustment during your first year? I think uh, the biggest adjustment was the reliance on others. I think the whole learning team dynamic um, was very was very new because you get you're, you're used to you get assignments and you do your assignments and you get your grade um, and then having to put yourself in a position where I can't complete every assignment if I want to if I want to get things done. However, there are other people here who I am supposed to blindly trust. Um, and I use blindly loosely just because you, you develop the trust over time. However, you, there's a, there's an aspect of it, especially early on where you just have to say, I trust that you're going to give me the necessary information from this assignment to allow me to get through class today. Um, and just having to relinquish that aspect of control for something that feels like an important part of your academic future it it took some time to to grow into rising what section were you in uh, in your uh, first year section a all right what was your favorite tradition or thing that you did as a section um we had wednesday wind downs um and we didn't always make them happen and i hope the the current section a continues to do them but it was a late night one to two hour time where we would just hang out at ralph sampson's and just be together outside of the normal section capacity uh, which i think allowed for other bonds and easier conversation during class time, but uh, it was just spearheaded by two guys in our section. And there was a time we got over half the section to attend. And I think that was just a, a great time. For our listeners who were wondering if, if Rising and his section mates hung out at Ralph Sampson's house. Ralph Sampson is a legendary UVA oh. basketball player. He has a restaurant uh, <laughs> that's down the hill from Sorry Bar. about that. Yeah, just to be clear. Just to be clear. Um, so just uh, within walking distance, uh, Ralph Sampson's American tap room or something. Yeah, uh, to that that's side. exactly yeah. All right. Beza, what section were you? I was in section D. Section D, Dragons. All right. You have a favorite uh, tradition or thing that y'all did as a section? Yeah, I will say we sort of started our own tradition this year. One of the students is a big fan of burgers and just wanted to go out and try all the different burgers around Charlottesville. And it started with just a few people. But by the end of the year, 
burger nights were very well attended to the point where none of the Charlottesville restaurants could really accommodate 60, 70 students at once. So I, I think it's just like a good example of whatever you're passionate about or want to try or do, there will always be people there that are interested as well. And I think that camaraderie comes together pretty quickly. I appreciate that. Um, did you have a favorite burger spot that you tried with the, the fellow section mates? Oh, goodness. Thanks. Is it Jack Brown's? That was pretty good. Was pretty good. There are a few, though. There are a few on the top of the list. Yeah, there's quite a few burger joints to try in the Charlottesville area and a couple just right on the downtown mall, Jack Brown's included. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. for our listeners who haven't spent much time in Charlottesville, if you're adding things to your list, uh, Carter Mountain, yes, uh, wandering the downtown mall, maybe enjoying a hamburger also should be there. Um, all right, Beza, how did you spend your, your summer after, after your first year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to Chicago for the summer and I did a internship in corporate and strategic finance with PepsiCo. All right. Was it nice to be back in Chicago? It was. There were still people I knew from undergrad that were there. And there was actually a pretty good darting contingent there, about 15 to 20 people. So we got a chance to see each other through the summer. We did a uh, uh, boat cruise almost uh, during July 4th weekend, which was really cool. Uh, there were just it was nice to spend time with people I think that I hadn't gotten a chance to really know in the first year. And then on top of that, PepsiCo was just a great company to work at. Got to know MBA students from other schools, including uh, Booth and uh, Michigan Ross. So it was a very it was it was a very nice summer. I really can't complain. It's a nice place to be um, in the summer. Low humidity, mm -hmm. got the lake right there. It's a good mm -hmm. good spot. Uh, Rising, how did you spend uh, the summer after your first year? I spent my summer um, doing consulting with Deloitte in the D.C. area. Um, my actual office was out of McLean, Virginia, but I stayed in D.C. for the summer. And it was it was great. I'm a, I'm a big fan of D.C. Um, also, after living in Texas for the past X amount of years, it was nice to be driving or bus distance from New York. So I, I made a few trips back home. Um, but it's uh, the, the DMV is very nice to me. And I, I enjoyed the place. I enjoyed the firm and I enjoyed the people I met. There's a huge, huge DC Darden presence. I think in terms of interns, there are about 40 of us there. So um, if I wanted to see Darden people, it was no... It wasn't hard at all. So well, that's great. Also, another place that's nice to be in the summer. A lot happening. Um, it's humid, uh, but still, um, yeah. always, always <laughs> something going on um, in DC in the summer. Of course, you have big, big weekends like July Four and that sort of thing to look forward to as well. Um, so, you know, when we have second year students on the podcast, it's oftentimes uh, an opportunity to talk about leadership and, and clubs and organizations, because that is such a big part of the second year experience leading uh, clubs and organizations and mention uh, that you want to spend some time on this conversation talking about the Black Business Student Association or BBSA as it is known. Uh, so Rising, tell us a little bit more about what BBSA is, is all about. Thank you. Um, so BBSA is 
Well, first, I'd like to say it's open to everybody um, and not just the Black identifying students. I think there, uh, we had a, we had a conversation yesterday in our leadership lab about why our mission statement starts with that. And I think it's because everybody um, sees that, sees the club at like the club fair. And I guess the inclination is I want to give people their space and not intrude. And while it's much appreciated, it isn't an intrusion when you're invited into it. Um, but I think generally BBSA is just a, a space for Black identifying students and allies to feel home within the home of Darden. Um, and just so you have the comfortability to be around your peers that, you know, have some shared experiences, shared background, and just you have, uh, in lack of a better term, the safe space for communication and education for the different areas that you come up in and different things that you have an outlook on. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to add. Faisa, is there anything uh, that you would add to that? Or Yeah, I would just say that um, I think uh, I think BBSA, in terms of what it offers students, really runs the gambit. Similar to other affinity clubs, it, it covers everything, right? Careers, academics, social events. Um, personal, professional development. I think it really tries to meet students where they are, both you know, personally, emotionally, mentally, physically, and then also professionally, because that's what we're here to do at Darden is, is to grow ourselves professionally. So I think it does a good job of trying to hit a little bit of everything. All right, both of you are on the leadership board for BBSA. Um, Beza, what is your role uh, this year? So I'm the VP for Careers and Academics. And rising, what's your role? I am the president. All right. Um, Faiza, how did you decide uh, that you wanted to serve in this capacity, that you wanted to get involved with BBSA? So when I was in, when I was at Northwestern completing my undergraduate degree, I was incredibly active in the National Society of Black Engineers. And for me, it just made such an impact being in a community of other like-minded students Again, the club was open to everybody, but it was just great to have a support system of other students who looked like me and wanted to accomplish similar goals. And it really motivated me and I wanted to give some of that back. And here at Darden, I think I wanted to provide a little bit more exposure to students about all the different kinds of career paths that are available, you know, pursuing a corporate finance path, there aren't quite as many students who look at those kinds of roles. And so I just wanted to offer people a breadth of opportunities so that they could figure out what best fit them. And then in terms of academics, I actually served uh, as the first year review coordinator for my section. So for your listeners, I helped plan student run uh, review sessions at the end of each quarter to prepare students for their exams and make sure that they had all of the tools and resources they needed to succeed academically. So that was just kind of a continuation of that because as you know, we're here to learn, so. Rising, how did you uh, decide that you wanted to, wanted to get involved with BBSA on the leadership level? Um, last year, uh, well, last year, a few months ago, it's so rare to school years, um, Megan, 
we the past president who I also I believe was also on this podcast um, spoke to me about her experience and just the impact that the role had on her as um, both a leader and just a person in general. Um, and I'm I'm no stranger to this kind of role. And during undergrad, I was too was involved in my school's chapter of the National Society of Black Engineers. Um, but I was also president of the BSA, the Black Student Association at my um, undergrad. And I think I've always had a an affinity for creating community um, and in the sense, giving back to my communities wherever I am. And I think because it's very important for people to feel welcomed in various spaces, especially spaces of um, education and learning. And there are various studies that show that, you know, the more people feel comfortable and welcome, the more likely they are to academically excel and just um, branch out beyond the people that they normally know. Um, so I think a big part of the experience for me is just allowing others to, or empowering them to feel as comfortable and welcome here as I do, um, because I feel like that will, one, advance their education at Dart, and two, just give them more tools to move out into the greater world where they'll be entering new spaces for the most part and interacting with people they've never met before. And I know every leadership board puts its own stamp on the organization, comes in with ideas, uh, things that they'd like to implement and execute. Uh, Rising, what are some of the things that were on your mind as you approached uh, this role as president of the BBSA? Uh, initially, something I, I really wanted to um, do when I came in was be heavy on helping people with their um, recruiting. Uh, my the first idea was academics, but it's Darden academics is so atypical that it's hard to actually help in the same capacity that that a mentor would normally. Um, but then also from a recruiting standpoint, um, we have such wonderful clubs that are entirely focused on the recruiting experience at Darden. And I, I think um, the better way to help with that is just see what collaborations can happen there rather than stepping on toes because they have excellent programming and excellent people at the helm of these clubs. Um, so I think right now my focus is more geared towards creating that community um, just both for Black identifying and allies to feel that we're all we're all growing and learning together. Um, and this is a place where people don't feel ostracized. Besa, is there, were there a few things or a particular thing that was on your mind as you came into this role as the VP? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think there are two things I was trying to keep in mind as I came into this role. The first I kind of touched on already, that there are a plethora of industries and functions and positions that people can pursue after getting an MBA. And I think just because we have so many students from Darden that go into certain career paths, I didn't want other career paths to become less visible as a result. And I just wanted to remind students that there are a lot of different opportunities if they decide to pursue them um, and that they shouldn't think that they aren't available. 
And then the second, I think Rising kind of alluded to this a little bit, we do have career clubs that are focused on helping students recruit for particular industries. And so I wanted to challenge myself and think a little bit about what BBSA could offer from a career standpoint that's just a little bit more unique and really fits the needs of its student body. And so that's, it's just a mindset I'm trying to keep in mind for myself. How can I help prepare my fellow classmates to go out and be professionals, you know, and professionals of color specifically? What are the challenges that they're going to face? What are the concerns that they're going to have to keep in mind as they go through their careers and how can they best prepare themselves as much as possible? I know it's early days uh, for BBSA as we think about this academic year, but uh, Beza, are there any things uh, that are on the books that you're looking forward to or any preliminary discussions you all had about plans? So right now, uh, I know at least my focus has been on helping students prepare for um, early recruiting and diversity conferences. Um, so some of those have been coming up over the next month or so. So making sure students have visibility to those opportunities and then making sure that they feel prepared to attend those events, uh, that they have a sense of what they want for themselves. We held a series of workshops over the summer uh, just to help students get into the mindset of what recruiting might look like. And we did a couple of sessions focused on, you know, finding your career fit. So how you translate your previous experiences into something that's a little bit more tangible. And then how does that, you know, eventually converge into a, a future career path? And what are the sorts of different ways career switchers can think about their experiences when looking to move from one industry to another. So that's been taking up some of my time, but I'm really excited to move forward and make sure we leverage our sponsors and leverage all of the resources available to us to make sure that our programming is as relevant for our student body as possible. Rising, same question for you. Anything that you're looking forward to that's on the books for BBSA? Yeah, I'm looking forward to, like Basin mentioned, we have a big conference that we're happy for a lot of our uh, members to attend next week. Um, tomorrow we have a Case for Inclusion, which is something that we're partnering with the Hispanic American Network at Darden to put on um, that's open to all members of Darden where you work on the case with um, company sponsors and it's a it's a very early first touch that first years get with companies um, but even before recruiting starts so I think it's also a great a great way for them to ease into the many coffee chats they'll be having um, as the year progresses um, we have a couple of ideas in the work for things that are coming up so hopefully they can they can pan out the way we'd like um, but yeah, I'm excited for the year ahead. Sort of a broader question related to that. What in your second year are you really looking forward to? Is there a class that you're taking that you're really enjoying? Other activities that you've got circled on your Charlottesville bucket list? I'm just curious um, what you're looking forward to as you think about the months ahead. Yeah, in terms of class, um, there's a class that I'm th that the bidding war goes mad for next that's coming next quarter. Um, I'm happy I got into past the power. It's uh, one of the highlights of Darden, so I'm excited to see what that's about and 
possibly lose some friends over a class. Um, <laughs> however, but uh, there, there, there are many things that I'm excited for, at least just second year. Um, I think as Q3 and Q4 come around, just those final months are going to be full of uh, second year bonding time before we all run off into the wild. Um, but I think it's just nice to see the school from a different perspective. Um, so there's just so much to look forward to. I'm, I'm very excited. Faisa, same, same question. Uh, anything you're really looking forward to uh, as you look ahead in your second year, a, a class or something along those lines that you have circled? Mm -hmm. Definitely a few things. Also in that passive power class. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's the class so many people have recommended to me. Um, I'm actually in starting capital management, which is um, a class that serves as an educational opportunity for students who want to learn about investing and you actually get to invest real dollars from the University of Virginia's endowment um, in you know different investment management configuration. So I'm really excited to learn as much as possible from my fellow portfolio managers. I think also I'm excited that I get to I get the flexibility to choose what I want to do, whether it's doing an independent study or doing a global uh, worldwide course. I just love that I have a little bit more flexibility than just the standard three quarters of core that we had last year that was a very set schedule. Um, so for example, now I have a class two days a week, so I have a five-day weekend, which is great. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely excited to explore Charlottesville more that I now that I have that five-day weekend. I mean, five-day weekend really stretches the concept of weekend. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Gosh, that's impressive. Thank you. I should probably switch it. I have a you know, five-day weekend, two-day work week, something like that. It, the ratios are about the same. It just flipped. <laughs> I will admit that we've heard quite a bit about Paths to Power on uh, the podcast. I feel like I can't say 100% of the people who come on the podcast are in this class, but or are talking about this class, but it's pretty close to that. This class comes up very often, so not surprised to hear uh, that it has been recommended uh, a time or two. Um, last question here, Beza, is there a piece of advice that you would share with our prospective student listeners, something you would encourage them to think about as they consider their own MBA journeys? I think I've gotten this advice, and so I'm gonna repeat it because looking back, it made a lot of sense. I would say be very clear about what you want to achieve through an MBA program, especially because as you run into many different conflicting factors and many different people who have very strong ideas of what they want to do, it's easy to get swept in one direction or another. So I would say if you're thinking about applying to an MBA program, of course, attend the sessions, put your whole self into it but also take the time to really think about what you want to get out of this very short two-year experience. Um, and, you know, the MBA programs are a lot of fun too. So I would definitely look forward to that as well. I know we have class and we have recruiting and a whole lot of preparation, but you're going to have a lot of fun during these two years. So get excited and enjoy it. 
I appreciate both those points. Interestingly enough, we recorded another podcast conversation this morning. The person was saying the same thing about the importance of intentionality and really being clear about what's most important to you as you think about how you can allocate what's your most limited resource uh, time as you as you go through this. Um, I also appreciate the note about uh, MBA program being fun. I think oftentimes when people are thinking about going back to school, they're thinking about class and homework and exams and, oh, the job search and all this kind of stuff. But I get the distinct impression that Darden students are also having a really good time as they go through uh, the couple years here. So a lot, a lot of fun to be had, for sure. Right. Rosin, a piece of advice uh, for our prospective student listeners out there? Yeah, um, I, I'll double down on what Basil was saying on if you if you want to go be very intentional. Um, I think people that know me in uh, outside of school know that I might I might need some compensation from Darden for the way I've been pushing people to go to business school. Um, it might not make sense in your current situation right now for one reason or the other, but I'm always a big proponent of applying for business school because once you go through business school, your worst case scenarios, you have an MBA from the top program. And I'm like, that's that's a much better rock bottom than majority of the country. Um, so it and from that lens, it is a lot less to lose, but a whole lot more upside. Um, and then once you're in, my advice is just take it all in. I think um, I think some people get hyper focused on one thing, and you you lose sight of all the other wonderful things that there are to do. Uh, this year, my my calendar there's no time for anything um, between soccer. I'm learning swimming. I'm joining golf club, outdoors club. There are just so many things that I probably would have never done prior to school. Um, I, I skied for the first time during my business school program. Is, and there's the it opens up this wide array of options for experiencing a whole different side of life that you probably didn't know existed. Um, and that's coming from all walks of life. I think you meet the most interesting people that are just, that you're just like, oh, they're just, that's just a regular person you know like i have a friend who he's just a good friend and we just hang out all the time but from time to time he pilots flights around charlottesville and i'm like i didn't know that you know i i wouldn't ever meet somebody that flies a plane um i know somebody who's climbed mountains we, we know there's just a wide range of experiences opinions and lives that uh, that people live before they come here. And sometimes you forget that because you're in school and you feel like a student again, but you, but you remember this is adult school. So everybody has lived some version of life before they came back for their degree. And I think that's the most enriching part because you're gonna meet people that you're like, I can't wait to see you in five years, in 10 years, or I can't wait to see you next year or at your wedding. And it's it's uh, the kind of thing that that I don't take for granted at all. And I will miss come May. Yeah, that's a, a great point. Also, I'm, I'm trying to think about five-day weekends and a worst-case scenario that involves having a top-ranked 
MBA. That's uh, if you can hold all these things in your mind, uh, keep up with this podcast conversation. You're doing well. So, um, well, I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with with our listeners. As it's always, it's it's great um, to hear about all the exciting things that are happening. And um, it, second year is uh, for many people. I think it's described as second year best year, but also possibly the busiest year uh, for what I hear from folks. There's a lot going on. Very full plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you again, and um, have a have a great um, rest of the semester. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, have a great day. And that was my conversation with Rising on Yuku and Besa Bizrat, two second year students in our full time MBA class of 2024, and leaders of the Black Business Student Association here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.